Welcome to Real Talk with Real Fit Pros Podcast, where fitness professionals learn to get with their work. With over 15 years experience, Jonathan Loudermilk shares his expertise on helping fit pros work smarter, earn more, and build a business that they love. Tune in and learn from real fit pros on how to get what you're worth through social media, business strategies, and proven sales strategies. Without further ado, enjoy this episode of Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk of Real Fit Pros. It's your boy, Jonathan Loudermilk, your host with the most, and I've got a damn good guest on and a good friend. I'm super excited to have him back on the show. We actually had him on, oh my God, it's probably been at least a year uh, since he's been on the show, but a lot has happened this past year, so I invite him back on, and we're going to have a damn good episode. Uh, but before we get started, if this is your first time tuning in, I just want you to kick back, relax, enjoy your rice and chicken, and maybe even take some notes during this episode. Um, your gift to us is that you're taking time out of your valuable day uh, to tune in and listen to uh, this fun conversation we're going to have. However, if this is your second, your third, your fourth, your fifth, your umpteenth time, you know what I'm about to ask you. I need you to like and subscribe. I need you to share us on social media. Even better, why don't you actually take this episode and DM it or text it to a fit pro in need? Because we're truly on a mission to help fit pros get what they're worth in every area of their life. And each time you share the uh, one of our podcast episodes, you subscribe, really helps us in that mission to do that. So I would greatly appreciate it if you'd be so obliged to help me out with that. With that being said, I want to introduce our guest and my good friend, Victor Fernandez. Victor is uh, the owner of Fernandez Fit. He is a best-selling author with the Real Talk of Real Fit Pros book. He is the host of Fit Family Foundations podcast, which is on Apple and Android. We're going to drop that link in the show notes so y'all can follow along after this episode. Um, he's a certified personal trainer, and he is a proud husband and father with three kids with 27, 23, and 13. God bless you, dude. We're definitely going to talk about some family life today because I've just, as you know, I've got my young daughter. So we go, we can get some wisdom from you today. So with that being said, Victor, thank you for coming on the show, brother. Glad to have you here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, but I don't know about this whole wisdom thing. Hey, I'm still, man. I'm dude. learning as I go along now to this day. Well, you, you've got at least three test dummies ahead of me. As you've gone through this, and I've got my baby girl who's just turned eight months, and it's my first time. So, like, I'm learning all this as I go for the first time. <laughs> well, for, first tidbit is, you know, little, small kids, small problems, big kids, big problems. Yeah, know? man. So it just changes along the way as to what you have to deal with. Dude, it's wild, man, how fast they grow. Like, she's already, like, crawling, and she can almost walk, dude. Like, it, you can, I'm starting to see the semblance. I'm like, oh, shit, man, I'm about to have a whole nother set of problems here soon. Which is, once again, it's super cool, man. They grow super fast. So, like, I totally understand. It's like, hey, don't wish the time away. Um, mm -hmm. Because that time's going to go by super fast. So, I can't imagine, dude, what it's going to speed up as we continue to do this thing called life. Oh, I look at Zach now, just turned 13. It's like how oh, in the dude. world is he 13 he was just a baby you know and now he's a teenager yeah it's, man it's mind-boggling at times and, and dude you've done a great job like bringing your family into your business and into your brand and, and everything along those lines so so let's do this um once again i know your story so, but i want our audience to know your story so i think a great starting point for today's conversation is dude i want i want you to tell the story of you know how you left the career of journalism that transition to like not only becoming a 
fit pro for the first time, but an entrepreneur, which is like, God bless you, dude, you're betting on yourself on two fronts with that. And then obviously the, the, the story of the growth that you've had over the last several years, the, the building this awesome business that's helping, you know, thousands of families across the U.S. And the biggest thing for me is, is that it, the lesson, it's the lesson of it's never too late. We talk about mm -hmm. that all the time. And for me, and when, when I first came out of college, I went into the newspaper industry and I thought that's where I'm going to begin. And that's where I'm going to retire. That's where it's going to end. And it was certainly heading in that direction. I was in it for 26 years. And for 24 of them, I was truly passionate about it. I loved every bit of it, the highs and the lows, meeting great people, covering great events. But then those last two years, I started thinking back to a promise I made to myself, really a vow I made to myself at the very beginning of my journalism career, which was the reason I got into journalism is because I loved writing, I loved reading, and I loved sports. So why not put it all together and make a career out of it, make it a true passion, a lifelong passion? And I vowed to myself that if, if it ever became strictly a paycheck, then it was time to get out. Mm -hmm. And at the 24, 25-year mark, I started getting the sense that I was burning out. I didn't enjoy what I was doing. I was getting up every morning just dreading, you know, what I had to do that day, just no passion, no desire, no drive, no, no motivation, no nothing. I was doing it for a paycheck. And, I, and it took me a while, but I recalled that conversation with myself, if you will. And because, you know, as you get older, you have to start talking to yourself. It's when you answer yourself that it becomes a real problem. But, uh, you know, I, I thought back to the conversation I had with myself of if this ever became just a paycheck job it was time to move on. The question was, move on to what? Mm. And, that, and that was, I guess it was the first duh moment, you know, smack yourself upside the head, you know, thanks to my wife, Shelly, because I sat down with her one day and said, well, if I'm going to leave this industry, which was scaring me as much as it was scaring her, what am I going to turn to? I've only, I only know how to do one thing. I've done it all, you know, for quarter century now. And she looked at me and said, what have you been doing for the past year, year plus and, and longer? And that's, you know, she's referring to my own personal health and fitness journey when I went from 250 pounds, you know, to 175, best shape of my life, even better than when I was a kid playing sports. And she was like, duh, you, you, it's a passion of yours. Mm -hmm. You have people coming up to you in the gym, asking you questions you know, asking you how you got from where you were to where you are, and you're always willing to help. Why not make that a career? Why not actually turn your passion into a paycheck as well? Yeah. You know, sometimes you need, sometimes you need to be told the obvious to actually get it, you know, have it stick in your thick skull. And unfortunately, I've had several, you know, several times in my life where that's, I've needed that and she's been there to, to make it happen. So even though I was still working full time, and that was six days a week in most cases, I enrolled at the NESM National Academy of Sports Medicine, and in four, four and a half months had my certified personal trainer certification complete, which opened up a whole new can of worms because again, now what? I've got this piece of paper that tells me I can train people. <laughs> I have no clue what I have to, you know, that paper doesn't tell me anything beyond that. What do I do from here? And for us, it was one of the biggest 
leaps of faith that we've taken because it was about the time we decided we were going to leave Pennsylvania. We'd been there 15 years and we decided it was time to move to the beach and go work for a gym and see and see what I can do with this. See if, if the time I spent getting that piece of paper will actually amount to something. And I started to go work and I worked for a gym, the one gym I've worked for in my career, you know, before my, my, uh, my business launched. And I learned a lot about myself that I could do that, that I could take my journalistic skills, you know, being able to read people, being able to truly listen to what they're saying, ask the right questions to draw out the, the most important answers and use that in the health and fitness industry to help people. I mean, all I was really doing, they came to the conclusion that all I was really doing was helping people get to where I was, to where I, from where I was to where I am. Hmm. I had a health and fitness coach help me, you know, kick my butt up and down the gym, encourage me, motivate me, push me to get me to where I was because I certainly couldn't do it by myself. So, so dude, here's a question I've never asked, which is why I love doing this, man, because it's like I find out new stuff each time we do this. Um, what made you go the route of like, I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to be an entrepreneur as a, cause you could have stayed the route of just working in that gym. So like, so what happened to make that, to put that, that bug in you to go, Hey man, I want to get experience here, but I want to be able to run my own show. Because I discovered along the way that when you're not the boss, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you want to do. You could have the best ideas in the world. Hey, we should do this. Hey, we should do that. This could be a real moneymaker. This could really bring people in. And if the powers that be aren't in alignment with that, it really doesn't matter. And, and I learned as I went along with that simply that, that unfortunately was the case. Uh, and, and for me, it was learning. I took the time to learn what not to do in this industry, both from a health and fitness training perspective, and even more importantly, a business perspective, what not to do. And frankly, let's face it, I was doing all the work, but I wasn't keeping all the money. Right. You know, I was making 60% commission. And when, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm no math major, but when you do the math, and I have to keep <laughs> math very simple. For those of you listening who know me, you know my math is not very good, so I have to keep it real simple. If it's not on a barbell, I can't count it. <laughs> yeah, even, even that numbers yeah that's 245 that sounds about right <laughs> and uh i mean you do the math for every hour that you're training a client 40 percent of it is going to the house so basically nearly half so basically nearly half of that hour you're working for free mm. and that's not even including what you give uncle sam mm. You know, taxation is theft. And you know, to, you know, Kirsten Smith taught me that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so facts. Facts, absolutely. So by the time you pay the house, by the time you pay the government, essentially 30 minutes of that hour, you're working for free. But I was doing all the work. So the so they weren't getting you leads or anything. You're having to do all of that too. Every last bit of it from beginning to end was oh man. So if I'm gonna do all the work. I'm going to keep all the money, or at least, you know, yeah. pay Uncle Sam, of course. 
It's funny, man. I actually had, and, and God bless you, Victor. Like you're older than me, but and you, but you learned that lesson so much faster than me. And it probably is because you're older, you have more experience. I was stubborn, bro. I spent over ten years beating my head against that wall trying to change the system from the inside, not getting what I'm worth. So eventually, I had a moment that I had the same realization that you had. That I was like, if I'm going to work this hard and this long. I might as well bet on myself and actually get paid what I'm worth, which at least at the company I was at, they were at least doing the marketing and getting leads in the door. And for me, that's when I was like, if I can just learn how to generate my own leads, I know how to do everything else. So I just think it's super fascinating, dude. And God bless you. Like you didn't spend 10 years like I did. And you bet on yourself sooner because you had that realization. You went out there and you started making it happen. So, so let's transition into that part. So you go to the gym, you realize like, man, this is, the juice is not worth the squeeze with this. I got what I needed from this, from the experience and probably the confidence aspect of it. Because mm -hmm. um, it's definitely hard to move into an online training when it's like, I've never trained anyone in person. So how am I going to train you online? So talk to me about that transition of like, once you had that realization, what was those first steps? The first steps was trying to figure out the first steps. Uh, I mean, really, because I had, I mean, I don't have a business background. I don't have a business degree. I, I didn't have, I had no one in my family who owns a business, you know, or any, anybody that I can relate to or say, Hey, how did you do this? You know, so I sought help. I mean, obviously my first coach, Amanda O'Mara, obviously you as well took me, you know, even beyond, even beyond that, you know, you and Mark and the entire, you know, Fit Pro Collective crew. I, I needed to find somebody who'd been there, done that. And really you mentioned, you know, learning that lesson quickly. I would venture to say that I probably learned it slower. I had 26 years of working for somebody else mm -hmm. who was paying me for my time doing the work. So I think I got to a point in the, in the gym setting where it's like, well, the whole idea was to set my own rules, be so, my own. Man. Right. Versus just change, basically putting a different coat of paint exactly. on, on the same thing. I, okay. That, that makes sense. That's exactly it. And for me, it was, you know what, if I'm going to make mistakes and I know I'm going to make plenty of them, I still do all these years later, it, it, it's going to be on my terms. Mm. It's going to be done my way. And, and the unique aspect of it was when I first launched this business, I really didn't know what my way was. How was I going to do it? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's really got a complete 180 from strictly in person when I was undercharging. I was doing a lot of the same stuff that I was doing in a gym setting. You know, I tell people when I worked one summer, I worked in that gym from Memorial Day to Labor Day, I had two days off. I was doing 12 sessions a day, Monday through Friday. I was doing another eight to 10 on Saturday and another half dozen or so on Sunday with two days off in that, in that time period. I don't know how I was still standing at the end of it, to be quite honest. And I realized, what in the hell am I doing? You know, what was the point of all this? Was it to put myself in the ground my own way? as opposed to someone else's way, what's the difference? Mm. Or was it to find a way where I can help people, but still have the flexibility and the freedom to spend time with my family who I've neglected for far too long, you know, to do things that I enjoy doing and, and really not have, you know, so basically live a life of stress. Yeah. 
And that's all I was doing for so long was living a life of stress. It was just, you know, one stressful situation to another. And so I had to stop and think, well, how's that gonna, how's that gonna work? And when the pandemic hit, it's like, well, can't train anybody in person. So that's out the window. Even if I wanna do it, I can't. So I have to go online, which opened up a whole new can of questions. How do I do this? How do I want to do this? How is it gonna look? Are people gonna you know, be receptive to it? When we, when we moved down here to North Carolina, I had quite a bit of in-person clientele still up in Maryland. And every last one of them was skeptical about moving to an online format because they'd never done that before. Uh, yep, as they all are, yeah. And I looked them all square in the eye and said, look, give me a month. If you don't like it, I'll hook you up with a trainer up there. No questions asked, no bad feelings, no ill will, no nothing. And they all moved and loved it, actually told me, well, why weren't we doing this sooner? You know, <laughs> gee, thanks. Now you tell me. You know, all those hours sweating in the gym. Now you tell me. Right. But it's, it, it's been an evolution. It really has, you know, figuring out how exactly I want to do things. And it's funny now, I look at my clientele now, and I don't look at it as, oh, you know, I'm working with this person, working with this person, and I'm making this much, I'm making this much. It's like, yeah, this person, yeah, the way we're doing things works. I'm, you know, I want to keep them, keep growing with them. You know, I just finished up with one today, as a matter of fact, because the in-person just wasn't working anymore. You know, and it was a virtual, the virtual format is what I want. If that person wants in person, great, no problem. But it's just not going to be with me. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't working anymore. I've gotten to that point where it's like, I'm assessing every, not just every client and what they're doing, but every, every situation as a whole and seeing, is that really what I want my business to look like in that each individual client? So tell me the story of when you realized the value of your time, because that's what, that's what I'm hearing right here is that you started looking at your time from a different perspective. And then once again, how you communicate your standards, what you expect from other people, all of that ships from that. So so when did, well, tell me that story. Well, it, it's actually one unique moment. And it's okay. kind of funny, but it also was so monumental in, in just waking me up where I was working with a client, a younger client, and the younger client was great to work with. The mom was a piece of work. And one morning I, I come in early because we had a, like an 8 a.m. session on a Saturday, no less. So I was still working weekends at the time. And five minutes after eight, not here, get a phone call. Oh, we're not coming in today. We're going to the beach. Well, that's nice. I'm oh. charging you for the session. And that was the first time I had ever, I don't know if I just reached my breaking point or what it was, but that was the first time I had ever said to somebody, I'm charging you for that session. Yeah. And well, why are you doing that? And I'm, and, and the back and forth that we went on made me realize this was my fault. Mm -hmm. It wasn't hers. I set the low standard. She was just you know, playing off it. She was feeding off it. I was, I previously let them get away with doing similar stuff and other, other clients as well. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not valuing my time, why in the hell should they? Mm. So instead of, I think I got to a point where I stopped blaming 
the client, you know, you hear, you know, fit pros do this all the time, man, they canceled on me again. I can't believe it. I mean, no matter how hard I try, they just don't want to do the work. They just keep making excuses, not showing up. And then you realize, well, wait a minute. Why aren't they? Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's you. In this case, it was me. If I wasn't setting a high enough standard for myself and an expectation of what I expect from me and from them, there was no way it would work. Dude, it's crazy. God, you're giving me flashbacks, dude. <laughs> so this is, man, I'm 38. I'm pretty sure this was back when I was, I don't know, 26, 27. And I was actually training part-time at a gym and I was first dabbling in online, which I failed in that first business, but it was like my first stab at it. And I drove all the way out to meet this client. And uh, it was at like seven o'clock at night too. And it was like half an hour drive. So I had to go all the way out to meet her for a 30 minute session that I only got paid $10 for. Ouch. And didn't even cover gas. <laughs> but I went out there because I made her promise. I was like, hey, it's not about the money. It's about... I'm going to keep my commitment to this person. And I remember I was training her and it was like the worst session I've ever been through. Just like just being sluggish and whiny and making excuses. And, and then she made the mistake of saying this to me. You're only here because I paid you money. She said that to me. Uh, I threw my clipboard down. <laughs> I got down to her eye level. I said, I only make 10 fucking dollars for each session I do with you. You paid this company money. This doesn't even cover my gas to come out here. I came out here because I, I told you I would be here at this time. And I told you I would help you reach this goal. And she wanted to lose like 100 pounds. I go, you ever say that shit to me again? You're fucking fired. And guess what, dude? After that, she started working during the session. She lost 30 pounds over the next two months with me after that. There you go. And that was one of my first moments of like, huh, if you're actually just straight with people, and once again, I'm a little bit more, you know, I was pretty angry at that time. <laughs> I, I've obviously refined how I communicate since then, but I was, I was very angry back then because I was, I was in the struggle. Um, and she said the wrong thing at the wrong time, but it taught me something. If you're willing to be direct and straight with people and you draw the line on the value of your time, the right people will reciprocate. The wrong people won't. Mm -hmm. And and for me, man, looking back, that was probably the first time that sowed that seed into me of like, and once again, it's an evolution of understanding the value of your time. As you know, Victor, we've had many yeah. talks about this. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that was the first time, dude, that I actually was like, you know what? I'm going to start valuing my time and, and who I spend that time with because it's not about the money. And it's funny, man. Um, I make a, I'm not here to drop numbers, but I make a good amount of money for my time now. But if I hadn't had that aha, that seed planted then, I wouldn't have reached the realizations I've reached now, which is once again, you can always get money back. You can't get your time back. Oh, most definitely. And, and I've changed so much in regards to how I do things. Now there's a hard stop in the evening. When my wife is home, that, that's my hard stop. The moment she walks in the door, the whole family's under one roof. Hard stop. Mm -hmm. Weekends, I've had people come to me and say, can you train me? No. Well, why not? Because I don't want to. I just think of uh, Dr. Evil in Austin. No, was it? Yeah, Dr. Evil in Austin. I was like, how about no? <laughs> 
it's like the yeah. first thing that pops in my head. It's like, no. <laughs> That's it. And I tell people, it's my time. It's my family time. One of the reasons, you know, we've, you know, made so many changes in our life is because we weren't where we wanted to be. And we as a family, you know, we value our time together. I look at my son who's 13 years old. I look at our, our two oldest boys who are 27 and 23. I missed a lot of time back in those days when they were 12, 13, 14 years old because I was always working. Work always came first. If my boss called up and said, hey, I need you to cover this assignment in an hour. Out the door I went. Didn't give it a second thought. And I regret the fucking shit out of it to this day it's i'm going to take that regret to my grave mm. because like you said i mean we can always make money yeah always make money and my wife and i have this conversation now i think she's more worried about money than even i am and god bless her you know because you know obviously you know she wants us to you know to be successful in every way we can you know and and her her belief is we got to keep working i said no i said we work to live you know, we work to be successful, but that's that's only part of what we're working for. Mm -hmm. I mean, at some point, I mean, otherwise, what are we doing? You know, we're building, a, you know, finding a career, going to work, getting married, having kids, raising a family. Then what? We just keep paying bills until we die. Right. You know, what are we doing it all for? What's the purpose behind it aside from just living our life. And at some point, you have to want to have more. You have to want to enjoy yourself. You want to be able to have that enough freedom to go do things that you enjoy doing and knowing full well that you're working hard to make that happen. That's the key aspect of it, is understanding that you're working hard within the construct of your business, within the construct of your schedule, because you want that time with your family to really mean something without having to worry about what's happening over here. So I think this is a perfect transition to, to talk about like the mission and the brand that you've, that you've built with uh, Fit Family Foundations and creating generational health. So like, dude, what's, what's, what's transition into that part? Because what I'm picking up on is that brand that you've created, it started from what you wanted with your family. And then once again, you just turned that into your business. So dude, I'd like to, I'd love to hear more about that. Oh, absolutely right. I mean, anything I do within this business, from the brand to talking with clients and get and 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 get getting and meeting them halfway, get you know, getting to understand what they're looking for, their pain points, their struggles, all of it, the you know, the entire nine yards, it all comes from me. Anytime I have a conversation with someone and they're sharing me, they're sharing their story with me, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, do I understand what they're talking about? There was this one time when. And it just replays in my mind. So, and everything I do, the podcast I, you know, with, with Fit Family Foundations, the YouTube video that, or series that I'm doing now, uh, you know, five words that changed my life you know, that piggybacks off the Real Talk with Real Fit Pros book is just an, an expanding on all the mistakes that I've made and had to learn from, in some cases, the hard way in hopes that it resonates with people. And maybe they don't have to go through the same path. Same as you do. You went through a long, arduous path to get to this point. And you had to learn, make a lot of mistakes and learn from those mistakes along the way to get to this point. And you helping me and everybody else that you help, it's to help them not have to take that long ass path yeah. 
to get to where they want to be. Same, same thing with me. I want to get them. I want to help them. I don't want to say, you know, leapfrog everything because you have to learn from the basics, but also maybe make it a little more streamlined. And for me, actually, my business has kind of gone under, undergone a transition of late because for me, since moving here to North Carolina a little over a year ago, you know, the family dynamic has changed a little bit, at least the way I view it as to who I work with, in the sense that the people that I'm around the most outside of my own family are people like you and me, fellow business owners, fellow entrepreneurs, you know, career-oriented people who are building that legacy for themselves and their family. And what I've discovered is most of the conversations I have with people, I feel like I'm talking with two different people. Mm. You see them in networking events and other events that, that I that I frequent. And when they're in a business setting, spot on, decisive, passionate, know exactly what they need to do, and then execute that plan. And then you talk to them from a personal perspective. You hear about their family life. You hear about their own personal well-being or lack thereof. And you stop and think, man, am I even talking to the same person? Right. It's like, they, once again, they're winning in one area, but it doesn't mean anything if you're losing in the other three areas. I think what you and I took a long time to learn in, uh -huh. in, in the industries we've been in is that we is that we don't have to sacrifice one to grow the other. Mm -hmm. We don't have to sacrifice ourselves, our own personal well-being, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. We don't have to sacrifice all that in the name of building a successful business. In fact, if we're sacrificing one side, we're hurting the other. Right. Well, I think it, everything I look at is from a term of fitness, but you know, as, as you know, so it's like, hey, that's like you you can't be big and strong. You can be one or the other. It's like, no, you can be both. <laughs> you can also be fast. You can also be agile. You can also be flexible. You can be all these things, but it's about what are we putting ourselves through to to bring out that side of that performance. And I think for you and I, the ride that we've been on, man, is like, I just didn't even know that those were categories, that those were things. But like, once I realized, okay, so you've got your fitness, you've got your family, you got your finance, and you have your faith. Okay, great. These are the four things that I need to get in alignment with. And once I understand what those things are, then it's like, okay, I just need to make time and be intentional with each one of those things. Because once again, if you're winning in your finances, but you're losing in your fitness, which is what you're saying that you're meeting, which by the way, I've met tons of business owners in the same arena, right? Um, then once again, like you're not going to have something sustainable, and you're not going to be fulfilled, right? Same thing, you can be great in your fitness and great in your finance. But uh, if your family hates you, Mm -hmm. and, or, and you're all alone at the end of the day and you've got no one to actually share this, these victories with and this lifestyle with, it's gonna, I, I'm going to find it hard to believe that you're going to find real fulfillment in what you're doing. So the, you're right. The key is to find how to win in all those areas. I think for a lot of us, we, we convince ourselves, we're delusional in convincing ourselves that we're sacrificing our family time. We're sacrificing our me time, sacrificing our mental, emotional, and physical health in the name of being successful because we're doing it for them. Right. And we, we've convinced ourselves as a society that we have to, you know, sacrifice ourselves at the altar of success in order to be successful. Right. 
you know, when in fact, I know it took me a long time, but I know now if it wasn't for my family, we wouldn't be having this conversation well, right now because so, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in. So that's an interesting thing, man, is like, it sounds like you've had a pretty supportive experience overall. I'm sure there's been some conversations that have been uncomfortable between you and your wife and kids and all that stuff. But overall, it sounds like you've had a pretty supportive atmosphere and environment as you ventured into this whole new area of your life. Um, that is not the case for most people. You know, most people, it's the spouse is like the one that's the worst to you, has the most doubt, has the most uh, objections, the one that's the least supportive, same with family members and friends, like we hear it all the time. Um, so I think that's a great testament, man, to like, hey, I make my family a focus and that actually helps supercharge you to do the other areas. And once again, that's something I've had to learn the hard way because I was that guy, like I'd work my ass off. And never see my wife and never really spend real time with her. And then once again, like didn't have support in return, which once again, I deserved that because I wasn't investing into that relationship. But once I started investing intentionally in that relationship and setting non-negotiables, like, hey, this is time I spend with you, just like I do now with my daughter. Like, hey, here's the time I spend with you every single day. And what we're doing, once again, it makes it a lot easier to go slay the dragons when you've got a team behind you. Well, it's funny. I mean, my wife and I just had that very same conversation just a few days ago. You know, it was, you know, we were we were talking about how I know for her, she's never once said, I'm scared, or I don't know what's going to happen with this. And, and obviously, there's a lot of ups and downs involved in this complete 180 shift for careers. She's never once said that. I knew she was scared. I mean, what? I'd, I'd be scared if she wasn't. Well, you know? <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that because like I, Tony Robbins talks about this. Like we all have like core things that are like the most important to us for women. Most of the time, not all the time. So don't, don't get mad at me ladies, but, <laughs> but for most of y'all certainty is the number one driver for their behaviors. Like they need to feel secure. They need certainty and whatever. And that's why they crave stability. Right. Mm -hmm. For me, for example, and a lot of other men, they crave significance. I want to matter. I want to know I've made an impact. I want to be able to leave a legacy when my time is, is gone. Once again, with that, it's, well, I'm a lot more risk adverse, or I'm a lot more willing to take risks at the end of the day versus someone with a certainty main focus. Like They're going to be a lot more adverse to wanting to take risks. So I, that was one of the things that really helped me understand, oh, my job is to not just make things happen, but I have to create an environment. I have to create certainty and security. And as I've gotten, as I've grown into that, that type of man to be able to do that, once again, a lot of those conversations went away after that. So I just share that with you. Like, is that kind of along the lines of like what you've seen with y'all's dynamic as well? Well, absolutely. And I look at it even, even to a greater extent with my youngest son. 13 years old. I love reading your posts when you talk about no, no matter how young your daughter is, she's always watching. She's always learning. She's always absorbing, taking it in. So you want to you want to show her through your actions, your behavior, your habits, the right way to live your life mm -hmm. personally and professionally. And I look at my son just recently. I was asked to uh, help to participate in a make a wish event. Oh, were you dressed uh, up as Batman? I dressed up as I Batman in 90 degrees outside. I'm surprised I'm still alive. 
honest with you. It was a great workout though. You want to talk about a sauna? That was that was the equivalent. You, your abs were really popping after that. <laughs> they, were, they definitely were. And I had the muscles to boot. So, but my son comes to me and says, I want to do that too. I want to be a part of it. I didn't say, hey, you want to do this? Hey, you want to you know, dress up and go surprise this young kid? He came to me and said he wanted to be a part of this. And he was out there right along with me, dressed as Ant-Man, sweating, sweating his backside off, just like everybody else was because he wanted to be out there. And it was funny, at one point I said, why don't you go back to the truck and take your costume off because you, you're really sweating, it's really hot. He goes, no. He goes, he thinks I'm Ant-Man. Mm. I'm gonna be Ant-Man until we're done. You know, and I see him when I go to different events and I set up booths and so forth, promoting the business. And not only does he wanna be there with me, and how, how many teenagers wanna hang out with you know, mom and dad? Yeah. You know? He wants to be there with me, but he wants to be actively involved. I mean, I've posted videos where I just stand back as I get the hand like shush. I'm talking here and he's having conversations with adults talking about the business, talking oh, about what we do and what we how we try to help people. And I just stand back and marvel. Yeah. You know, and I don't even stop and think about, hey, I've done a really good job. It's damn, this kid is, you know, he's going to go places. Dude, at, at that age having these evolutions and how he thinks and getting these experiences. Holy cow, dude. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I'm as much as I don't want to fast forward life because it's already going way too fast as it is. And you understand that as well as anyone. Yeah. I'm so excited to look forward to what happens when he's 18, yeah, when man. he's 21, 25, 30 and 40 or my age, I'm 51. I, I, I almost want to you know, have the have the remote control from Adam Sandler's movie Click and see <laughs> and ahead and see what it's going Man, to look. That movie's so sad though, dude. That shit makes me cry every time at the end. Oh my god! But it's a great movie. Great movie. Oh, absolutely. You know, so I, I look forward to that. And, and when I when I hear him say that, when I see him actively involved in events like those. I, I know that my business, not just me as an individual and as a father, as a husband, that my business is heading in the right direction because we talk about it all the time, generational health. Mm. Well, you're living it right now. I'm living it right now. So many of us out there are living it right now. And I think we've come, hopefully come to the realization that we can have it all. That's not just a mantra or a cliche or something you slap on a bumper sticker. We can have it all if we're willing to, you know, to bring all aspects together mm -hmm. in alignment together and understand if we're, how we approach one thing is how we need to approach all of it. And if we do that consistently every day, we may struggle and stumble along the way, but how the hell are we going to fail? We're not. Yeah. Well, dude, what you're really doing is you're just creating leaders. It's all you're doing, man. Like your, your, your son's becoming a leader. Your clients are becoming a leader. And here's the coolest thing I learned about leadership. And I've made every mistake you could make when it comes to it. And once again, I always tell people, I may not say the right thing, but I always do the right thing mm -hmm. at the end. And that kind of gives me some grace to put my foot in my mouth from time to time, which <laughs> tends to happen. But the one hack I've learned when it comes to coaching, mentoring, leading, whatever that may be, is all you have to do is leave from the front. Mm -hmm. That's it. If you just become and do the things that you want to exhibit and instill in others, that solves 90% of the leadership issues with that alone. 
and it, it takes, a, and for me, I, I feel a lot of weight comes off, you know, because we have these stereotypes of like, here's what a leader is supposed to look like and sound like and behave like versus I'm like, Hey, well, if this is the type of direction I want to take people, and these are the behaviors that I want to steal in people, then I just have to become that to a high degree. And so the more that you grow yourself, Victor, which I know you've been on a personal development journey for, and it's been awesome to watch you grow the last three or four years that we've gone through this. Um, but the, the more that you raise yourself up, the more it pulls everyone else up along with you. So then all you have to do is like, I just got to grow me. Mm -hmm. How simple is that? I don't have to worry about all the people. I grow me and I lead by example. And that would naturally pull everyone else along the way. So I just think it's super cool, dude, what you're doing with creating these, these other leaders. And it's almost like Mr. Miyagi, man. It's like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to do some fitness stuff with you. But once again, it's how you do one thing, it's how you do everything. So all of a sudden, their marriages start getting better. They start performing better at their job. They start being able to pursue other things that they've been putting on the back burner in their life because their faith is built up within themselves, because they're confident, because they start doing what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it and keeping the promises that they're making themselves. And all came from you getting them to show up to the damn workout that day. Yep. Sounds simple when you say it that way. Well, it's what you're doing, man. Yeah. I mean, it really it's it's hard, but it's simple. Well, yeah, I didn't say it was easy. <laughs> just, do, just do what what you expect those around you to do as well. Mm -hmm. I will never put myself in a situation where I expect something from someone and I'm not willing to do the same. Right. At that point, anything you say from then on is hollow. It just makes it simple too, man. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So let's do this, brother. Let's start laying the plane. I know I told you I had all these questions planned, but once again, we went on a little tangent. So I, <laughs> I, I, think, I think it came out as this great. So what I want to do is move into the rapid fire questions <laughs> as we go through this. These are random. These are fun. Only rule I have is you just have to say first thing that comes top of your head. Sounds good. All right. Favorite fitness influencer of all time. Ooh, wow. Oh, man, I don't even know if I really have one. I think I've been jaded by what the term influencer. So, so, so here, here, hmm? someone that has influenced fitness as a lifestyle to inspire people to get moving, get exercising. So I'm not talking about YouTuber. I'm talking all time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give a shout out to my coach because not only is he 60 and chiseled out of marble. At least that what he looks like. I don't think he has an ounce of fat on him. He laughs when I say that, but I'm being 100% serious because he's in a lot of the same boat that I'm in. It's part of the big part of the reason why I hired him because he understands where I'm coming from because he's living it. Mm -hmm. And for me, I I really want to get to where he's at, 60 years old and looking like you know you should be Mr. Olympia. I mean, he's not, you know, he's just, he's so physically fit, but he's a good dude overall. He's got his head screwed on straight. He's doing things the right way and he's keeping things simple, which is exactly what I'm looking for. That's cool. I was going to say Arnold Schwarzenegger for mine. Everybody says Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 for me, that, that wasn't actually who's inspired me to start working out when I was a teenager. It was Brad Pitt and Fight Club. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, I was like, damn, that motherfucker shredded. And then that's what motivated me to start getting my ass in the gym when I was like 16 years old. So, cool. Uh, favorite book of all time? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, and people are probably going to laugh at me when I say this, but 
The book is called Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. My wife gave it to me for a Father's Day gift uh, two, three years ago. And when I opened it, you know, my mouth said, oh, this is great. I love it. I'm going to enjoy reading it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. My brain was saying, what the hell is she giving me this for? And I started reading it. And by, I was done in two days. Huh. And I went to her. I said, yeah, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just, it shows from a personal perspective what happens when you keep your eyes and ears open and look for the signs. They're mm. all around us. Yeah. Often we choose to ignore them, but when we see them and act on them, anything's possible at that point. And that's what that's the overlying message. Yeah. I like man, I like Matthew McConaughey, man. And a lot of his just how he views things. He's, he should have called that book all right, all right, all right, though. <laughs> uh all right. Third question. Best piece of, of fitness equipment ever made. Oh, that's easy. My suspension trainer. Okay. I love that thing. I mean, and forget about the portability of it and all that. It really does expose your weaknesses. Huh. Because it's, it's that piece of equipment that really, really tests your ability to control your body and control your the movement that you're doing. Right. I've seen people get on there, oh, this is really easy, and then do complete 360s and end up against the wall. Because it's it's an unforgiving piece of equipment that will test you in every way, shape, or form from the inside out. I love that thing, and my clients hate it, which is probably why I love it even more. Cool. I'm going to say Bosu ball because I've 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 sold seven figures plus in personal training because of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> now y'all can debate me all about the functionality and how you use that. Once again, you know it's the right fit for some people, not for everyone. You got to progress, regress. But um, I use that thing in every damn tour, every damn consultation, and uh, yeah, I've sold a lot of training. Uh, so <laughs> so shout out to Bosu. You help make a lot of money out there and change a lot of lives. Um, all right. Best. What, what do you believe is the best motivation to get in shape? Your, your health. Think of all the people that rely on you, that count on you, that love you, that would miss you if you weren't around. Mm. I firmly believe when I was pushing 250 pounds, that if I didn't do something at that point, when my son was born, my youngest son, 300 was around the corner, 350, 400 and in the ground. Sounds morbid, but I firmly believe I wouldn't be sitting here today. I'd be in a pine box somewhere on six feet under if that, if I hadn't made that change. So I'd say that's the most significant one. The best one I believe is sex because everyone wants to get late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if I said that on the air, my wife would kill me. <laughs> well, I said it for you. <laughs> Everybody likes to have sex. Let's be honest. Um, all right. Worst objection you've ever heard on why someone can't work out or excuse. Oh, good God. I've heard, I've heard all, I've heard all the, uh, the I want one. Give me your best one. Top of well, to be honest, it was, it wasn't what somebody said. It's what somebody did. Okay. I'm going to go kind of in a different direction with this one. I hopped on a call. I actually, this is a podcast episode. The number second podcast episode I ever did where somebody, re, a woman reached out to me, said, my husband's lost a whole lot of weight. He's looking really good. I feel like I'm being left behind. Like other women are looking at him and I'm looking like, you know, not very attractive. Not, I'm cleaning it up, what she said. So I need to lose 40 pounds. Cool. Let's hop on the call. Let's make it happen. I get on the call. She hops on. She's sitting at her local bar eating wings and drinking beer. <laughs> I said, have a nice day. Click. 
It wasn't even, she didn't have to say anything. Her actions said it all. Dude, that makes me think of like all the dudes that watch UFC to get drunk and be eating wings and be like acting like, oh yeah, that guy sucks at fighting and you should do this. And it's like, dude, you're like 40 pounds overweight hammered right now eating wings. Like that guy would kick shit out of you. You shouldn't say anything. (laughs) Kick the wings and the beer right out of you. (laughs) People, man. All right. Final question. This was my favorite one. If you could have a message on a billboard for the whole world to see every man, woman, and child around the world, what would it say? Be you. You know, that's, that's, and I think I said the very same thing when I went on with you and Mark, however long ago it's been, it seems like a generation ago. Yeah. But that's, you know, I know we're working together on, on my new book and that's, that's where it stems from. I wasn't being me for the longest time. I was being who I thought I needed to be. I was being fake. I was a fraud. And I have no no qualms saying that. And I needed to get to a point where I had to figure out who I was and then be that person. And regardless of whether it was somebody who made eight gajillion dollars or somebody who worked a W-2 job every day of his life, I had to find who that was and be the real me every day, not just when it was convenient for me. Wow. I love it, man. So so what's the best way for people to connect with you, follow you, all that stuff? And then also, um, I know you got a book coming out here. It's probably towards uh, early 2024. If you can give a little bit of info on that, obviously a little bit of ways from that, but I think it'd be great to let people know about it. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, we'll start with the first part, how people can reach out to me. There's a few different ways. Heck, I'll throw my phone number out there. Mark Zalman off uh, you know, inspired me to do that. He does it all the time. So I do it as well. 814-504-7774. That's like he always says, it's the only one I've got. It's been out there for a long, long time. So here it is. Uh, info at fernandezfit.com is, is my email. And you've got my website, fernandezfit.com. And you can find me on Facebook, Victor Fernandez123. Uh, Instagram is fernandezfitllc. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, probably missing one, but that you, you get you get the idea. There's quite a few different ways to reach out to me. So reach out. I will get back to you and we'll just sit down and shoot the breeze and and go from there. See how see if I can help and how I can help. Oh. Uh, about the book you mentioned, uh, I touched on it a moment ago. Uh, no working title yet, which is fine. I, I got enough to do with the outline, but you know, even trying to think about a working title, I don't have the bandwidth for that right now. You know, but uh again, just talking about the adult life that I've lived, because as I've talked about people who it seems like there's two sides to each person, the confident business side and the very struggling personal side, that was me. You know, in the business world, I was good. I knew what I was doing. Even in the journalism game, I could do it in my sleep. But me, I was a mess. Me personally, I was a mess. And I didn't know how to get out of it because I was too afraid to. So talking about how I got there, how I got in that hole and how I dug my way out. Okay, solid, man. Well, I'll make sure I get all this stuff put into the show notes for y'all tuning in. So everything's super easy and clickable. And then definitely, Victor, we'll have you back on the show um, closer as the book launch is coming out. But once again, brother, thanks for sharing your time and your treasure on this episode, dude. I always enjoy our talks. And uh, dude, it's just, I'm just, I'm just proud of you, dude. It's cool to watch how far you've grown. I appreciate that. And I say the same. I mean, I'm proud of you. I mean, you're, you inspire a lot of people. I know you inspire me. You know, and when I see what you're doing and how, and more importantly, how you're doing it, you know, it it just, it pushes me to continue being better. 
Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you saying that, brother. So for y'all tuning in, thank you for taking time to listen to this episode. Make sure as you go back out there, be like Victor Fernandez and go get what you're worth, baby. Yay. Hey, before you go, if you got value from this episode, don't forget to smash that subscribe button and don't forget to join our Facebook community, Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. I'll have the link down in the show notes. Oh, and one last thing. Don't forget to go out there and get what you're worth. Yeah.